0: repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group. It's Wednesday, October 11th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. My name is Noel Acheson, Coindesk collaborator and author of the Crypto is Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about spot ETFs, Bitcoin, inflation, and more. So you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a new source and does not provide investment advice. Now, A markets roundup. Crypto markets are particularly choppy at the moment, with general risk off sentiment keeping a lid on prices. After drifting lower yesterday, Bitcoin's price dropped sharply this morning, at one point shedding 1.1% in just five minutes. It has since recovered part of the loss. According to Coindesk Indices, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time today, Bitcoin was down 1% over the past 24 hours, trading at $27,230. Ether dropped even more sharply, losing 1.5% in the same 5 minutes. Unlike Bitcoin, however, it has since clawed back all of that loss. However, it is still down roughly 4/10 of a percent over the past 24 hours, trading at $1,575. Even though Bitcoin's price has not been doing well this week, it is still up 1% so far this month. October is typically a strong month for Bitcoin, with an average return of all Octobers since 2010 of 25%. Obviously averages are just that, the average of a range of movements. But if that average is met this month, that would put Bitcoin at just over $34,000. Moving on to signals in the macro market, We now have more confirmation that the tone of the Federal Reserve is shifting. In yesterday's episode, I spoke about comments on Monday from two Federal Reserve officials. These suggested that the central bank was now more willing to let the bond market handle some of the tightening going forward, implying that the Fed wouldn't need to raise rates quite as much. Well, yesterday we heard from more central bank representatives. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari echoed the earlier comments of his colleagues. So did San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly. Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic went even further and said the quiet part out loud. I quote, I actually don't think we need to increase rates anymore, end quote. On this, bond yields fell further. Remember that bond yields move inversely to price. Earlier today, the 10-year US Treasury yield almost reached 4.5%, its lowest point since late September, after yesterday registering its steepest one-day drop since August. This yield adjustment is largely in the long end of the yield curve. The rate on US two-year notes is up on yesterday's close, while the 10-year yield is still falling, down 1.4%, or six basis points, earlier today. Yields are still high across the board, though. This will continue to apply pressure to corporate profitability and bank balance sheets. In other macro news, yesterday we saw the leading small business optimism index decline for the second month in a row. A small increase had been expected. Also, US producer prices are just out. These measure selling prices from domestic producers and are another way to look at inflation. The index rose half a percent month over month in September. More than expected, but the smallest increase in three months. In other words, inflation continues to moderate, but is far from vanquished. Tomorrow, we get the official CPI figures, which are expected to show a further decline. US stocks showed continued relief over the decline in bond yields, with the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq climbing around half a percent yesterday, recording their third straight day of gains. In Europe, the German DAX, the French CAC 40, and the Eurostock 600 were all up around 2%. So far today, however, the mood is more muted amid concerns about corporate earnings. Stock markets were also feeling optimistic in Asia today, with Japan's Nikkei Index up six tenths of a percent. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index was up 1.3% in its fifth day of gains, its longest upward streak since July. Chinese investors are feeling less certain, however. The Shanghai Composite was roughly flat on the day. In commodities, the Brent crude benchmark was drifting lower today, trading down seven a percent from yesterday's close at $87.65 a barrel. This comes after holding steady most of yesterday, as the market digested the supply concerns following the weekend's attacks on Israel. Contributing to the weakness are reports of talks between the US and Venezuela, that could bring limited sanctions relief in exchange for steps to ensure fair elections. This could release more oil supply onto the global market. Europe's natural gas futures are stable after climbing 30% since the beginning of the week. This is despite a leak in a key pipeline between Estonia and Finland that is suspected to be the result of sabotage. Gold was stable yesterday, but this morning has picked up renewed interest, climbing 7 tenths of a percent from yesterday's close to trade at $1,872 per ounce. Stay with us! Next, we're going to talk about a key date for Bitcoin spot ETFs, and some interesting comments on the crypto market from two high-profile investors. CME Group cryptocurrency futures and options provide market-leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash-settled contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC-regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes. Welcome back. In this section, we're going to talk about opposing crypto strategies from two well known names in the investing field. But first, Friday is the deadline for the US Securities and Exchange Commission to appeal the court's recent decision in the suit brought by Grayscale. For some background, Grayscale is the crypto industry's largest investment manager and a sister company of Coindesk. Its GBTC fund trades on an over-the-counter market, which has simpler reporting requirements and lower liquidity than stock exchanges. The fund holds over 3% of all Bitcoin outstanding, making it the largest listed crypto vehicle by far. In 2021, Grayscale filed with the SEC to convert its fund, which is structured as a trust, into an ETF. This would give it access to a broader market and would be a better deal for investors in that they would be able to redeem their holdings at the underlying value rather than have to sell the shares at whatever a buyer was willing to pay. It would also involve much lower fees. In 2022, the SEC said no and Grayscale almost immediately filed a suit against the SEC alleging inconsistent treatment and arbitrary standards. As you know, the courts moved slowly, and in August of this year, more than a year later, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia ruled in favor of Grayscale. The judges said that the SEC did not have grounds to reject Bitcoin spot ETFs while allowing Bitcoin futures ETFs. Both sides were given 45 days to appeal the ruling. That window closes this Friday. If the SEC does nothing, then the court will specify next steps. Here is where it gets interesting. Those next steps could be an order to approve Grayscale's proposal. This is unlikely as a court would probably be reluctant to tell the SEC how to rule on something. A more likely outcome is that the court orders the SEC to reconsider its decision. The agency could then try to find another reason to reject Grayscale's proposal, or it could ask Grayscale to submit a new one, drawing everything out even longer. Or it could just go ahead and approve the conversion. While anything could happen between now and Friday, the industry is making progress. The SEC is reportedly engaging with issuers on the current batch of proposals. This is unusual and is boosting expectations that a spot Bitcoin ETF is within reach. Next, two well-known investors commented publicly on Bitcoin yesterday, coming at it from very different angles. Hedge fund legend Paul Tudor Jones said on a CNBC interview that he has never in his lifetime seen such geopolitical risk as now. In this environment, he said, and I quote, I can't love stocks, but I love Bitcoin and gold, end quote. This is significant for two reasons. One, To hear one of the best-known hedge fund managers of our era say that he prefers Bitcoin to stocks is a strong validation for investment advisors everywhere. 2. Paul Tudor Jones first disclosed publicly that he held a position in Bitcoin back in May of 2020, just as the last bull run was getting going. That does not imply cause and effect and does not mean that the same thing will happen now but the association is likely to be fresh in many investors' minds. And Jim Cramer, who has a reputation for getting his public calls very wrong, has said, and I quote, Mr. Bitcoin is about to go down big, end quote. Now, it's not clear whether he is referring to Bitcoin or inexplicably and incorrectly to Sam Bankman-Fried, but make of that what you will. That's it for today's show. For more crypto podcasts, check out the Coindesk Podcast Network. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com, follow us, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, with executive production by Jared Schwartz. I'm Noel Atchison for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news and insights. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chimecom goals24. Banking services, debit card provided by Bankor, Bank or Stripe Bank Members of Spot SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.